0: Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen.
1: It's Rob Port here on WDAY. It's the Rob Report. 701-293-9000, 888 970 Email talk at WDAY.com. Twitter's at Rob Port. Good afternoon, Nathiel. How are you? Doing pretty good today, Rob. How are you? I'm doing pretty good. The uh, weather is mild outside. The snow's melting. It's uh, Friday. It's Friday. (laughs) I've got some spring training baseball on my television right now. I'm feeling pretty good about things. Oh, that's right. You and baseball. What do you say it like that for? (laughs) It's not my thing, Rob. I just, I don't, I can't get into baseball. I'm sorry. I don't judge you. I don't judge the weird stuff you like to do. Baseball's not weird. It's America's pastime. Mm, I think that's what baseball fans say about it. No, I'm pretty sure that's in the, I'm pretty sure that's in like the Constitution or the Bill of Rights or something. Oh, I see. Pretty sure. All right, we're gonna get right down to it. Uh, my guest, you know, Trump's budget came out, and the reaction from North Dakota's congressional delegation—well, two members of the congressional delegation, anyway—Senator Heidi Heitkamp, Senator John Hovind, They're not liking what they're seeing in the budget, particularly when it comes to agriculture, particularly when it comes to uh, the farm bill. So here to talk with me about it is Daryl Lees from the North Dakota Farm Bureau. He's the president of the Farm Bureau. Daryl, thanks for your time.
0: That's Glad to be here, Rob, and go anyone but the Yankees.
1: (laughs) All right, interview over. (laughs) Interview over. (laughs) <laughs>
0: I just had to I do that, Rob. I you, you, you know, the I, thing know is, I know is, how I, excited you are for baseball season. To, I love, to I get love get opening day.
1: I love baseball, and and you know the thing about it, people hate on the Yankees. You know how Yankees feel? You know how Yankees fans feel about it? We love it.
0: We absolutely oh, yeah, love it. You know what? You
1: know you know why we hate you hate us because we win relentlessly. Okay, it, 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 Rob, so, I'm
0: a Patriots fan on football side. I get it. All right, <laughs> so okay. fair enough.
1: Fair enough. <laughs> All right, let's 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 get serious. Trump's budget, what are you seeing?
0: Well, you know, Rob, I, I think that people are maybe jumping to a little bit of uh, ang- anxiety or anxious type uh, conclusions on this deal. Uh, every president and administration comes out with a budget, and every one of them kind of protects some things that are important to them and kind of lays some things out there uh, on, the, on the chopping block that maybe ain't quite as important to them. But when I look through this, some of the things I see, Rob, in this is there's some duplication between agencies. And I think that what we're going to see from a President Trump being a businessman is, is how does business become more efficient? The first thing you do is you get rid of your duplications, And so I think that we're seeing some of that in his proposal. And and, and by the way, it's a, that's exactly what it is. It's a proposal. Congress still has to act on this stuff. They're... They, the chances of a budget that's presented by a president to stay intact are about zero. And and so, I mean, I think the, the jumping to conclusions and the screaming from the rooftops that, that some folks may be doing, I say to that, take a step back, kind of look at what's in there. Yeah, maybe there's some areas of concern out there, but there's a lot of things that need to be looked at. And you've kind of got to take that bold step, as President Trump did, Put those things out there. Put it out there in a serious way, to really get the congressional folks to take a serious look at how things can be improved.
1: Seven zero one two nine three nine thousand eight 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 nine seven zero nine three two nine. I'm quoting here from the Associated Press. Heidi Heitkamp says the one point one five trillion dollar budget that Trump unveiled Thursday would cut funding for agriculture and rural development programs. But Darrell, what you're saying is some of that is. Duplication, like like we're we're cutting redundancies. Can you give us some examples? What what are you talking about?
0: Well, so without uh, being able to quote the exact program uh, names or that, but you know, you, you take water development and, and you know some of your waste disposal and water development things that are done uh, through maybe rural development or the you know the rural business cooperative service or different areas. A lot of those things are done over on the EPA side, also. And so, you know, let, let's let's determine which agency agency is going to have primacy on these things, because we do not need two different administrative offices duplicating each other. And and so I think that's one very specific area that can be talked about that we've got granting processes in the EPA for water development and wastewater development pro, uh, granting, and we've got it in the USDA also. So. Why do we have two different, you know, bureaucracies handling the same issues? And and I think that's one of the examples. That I, I sit here and I say, Trump's throwing these things out there. Take a serious look at these things, and let's make ourselves more efficient, make government better.
1: 701-293-9000, 888-970-9329. Email talk at WDAY.com if you want to get a comment or question in. Talking with Daryl Lee, president of the North Dakota Farm Bureau. Were you surprised at the at the reaction from our two senators? I mean, obviously Heidi Heitkamp, John Hoeven, two people different political parties, different political philosophy, uh, but yet both kind of sounding the alarm about Trump's budget for agriculture. What what are they seeing? I mean, what what is making them react that way? Because typically they're pretty reliably in favor of our state's big industries, agriculture, energy, etc um what what are they seeing i mean what's what's causing them to, to to react this way
0: well i think one of the things that we saw um and i think senator hoven may have been the one to mention it, uh, was a concern is he, he talked you know there's talk of consolidation um of of offices you know and they talk about it in a way of uh you know cutting staff and local offices and 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 rob let's, let's be honest we're in you know we're in the 21st century here we have so much technological advances that have happened in the last five, ten, fifteen, and twenty years, and especially in the last five to ten, you know, we really need to take a look. Do we need an office in every county to do the same thing that maybe a regional thing could do and handle? And you know, let's take a look at those things. And I know that's one of the things that the sound, the, the whistles were sounded on. And you know, and and it, and you know. Uh, Senator Hovind, I I got a lot of respect for him. I I, I know him very well. Uh, but you know, let's let's not just say, oh, we can't do that because there's going to be jobs lost. That that's about jobs. Well, it's not the government's role to create jobs. Let's let's get government as efficient as possible. Let's get our regulatory uh, aspects in line so that businesses can flourish and and the small mom and pop businesses, small businesses. Uh, can be the come back and be the true uh, employers of our nation like it's intended to be and not let's not depend on government offices for employment.
1: Seven oh one two nine three nine thousand eight 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 nine seven zero nine three two nine switching gears here a little bit. Obviously rural America went for Trump in a big, big way. You know we we went back and tallied the votes yep. and sort of looked at where they came from. You know Agriculture, you know, the people who are living in those rural areas, people working in those rural areas, Trump is their guy. Um, but now you have, you know, in high Senator Heitkamp, Senator Hoven, Congressman uh, Peterson just across the border over in Minnesota, also a big agriculture guy. Uh, you know, they're kind of sounding the alarms about this. And some of the other things that I know Senator Heitkamp in particular was talking about this is trade issues. And that's not really related to the budget, but Senator Heitkamp expressing some concern that. You know, Trump's uh, trade policies, you know, he's, he's sort of talking about this America first thing and bringing manufacturing back, but her concern is that that could prompt some companies or countries, excuse me, like, say, Mexico, to say, well, you know what, we don't want to buy North Dakota crops anymore, whatever that crop may be. Uh, are, are you concerned about that? Are you concerned about Trump's policies hurting agriculture in that way?
0: You know, i I truly got to say that I'm – at this point, not concerned, Rob, and for a couple different reasons. Um, Trump has a different management style. I mean, it's obvious. It's, uh, whether you like it or you don't like it, it's, it's a different style, a different approach to being president of the United States. I think, I think we're going to see, he's going to have some successes. And I think we can already say that, that of getting people to the table, a little bit, you know, throws a bomb out there, so to speak. Uh, Word wise, and, and gets people to the table, and it doesn't work with some. Uh, but you know, I think he's he's making it very clear that we're going to do trade, no doubt about it. But we're not going to sell out America when we do trade. We're going to make sure that we're in a good position. We're not going to we're not going to adhere to some crazy uh, regulatory things that gets put in in these massive trade agreements that we have to follow and the other countries don't. And and I think that's where he's just he's just. He's probably sounding an alarm there saying, yeah, you know, we're, we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna cut some of this, you know, uh, bovine fecal matter out of this deal, and we're going to get down to trade, and we're going to make sure that America is treated right in these trade agreements, not used as the pawn to clean up the air or the water or the climate that every other country isn't willing to do. So in summary,
1: Senator Heitkamp, Senator Hovind, they say Trump's I – because mean, Senator Hovind even was, was blunt. I mean, he said budget's not going to work for agriculture. You're saying not so fast. This isn't as bad as it looks.
0: No. I mean, it's a, it's a lot of things that I think we're throwing out there to get people to look at these areas and go, you know, how can we make it better? To make those agency folks come up with ideas on how they can get better – to make the congressional delegations from across the country look at how they can put together a, a, a good budget and a good appropriation that manages what we need to manage, do what we need to do, as, as what government is defined to do. But let's start trimming, trimming some of the waste out of here. There's always ways to get more efficient. And so let's look at that. Let's do that. And he's just, you know, he's like I said, he's got a different approach. He kind of throws that, you know bombshell out there and everyone like this reacts. Well, at the time of reacting, I can guarantee you, Rob, because I used to serve on a staff for Congressman Kramer did ag policy. Them staff in those, in those uh, senators' offices or Congressman Peterson's office or whoever has concerns, they're looking at right now how they can make things better so that they can make some efficiencies and show a savings in the budget, but how they can justify what needs to be done That's what's happening right now. That's that's the world of politics. And and those those work, working groups and working situations are taking place immediately when something like that comes out.
1: Well, that's good to know. And uh, obviously it's it's a process. Like you said, Trump makes a proposal, but Congress is going to have its own priorities and the end product is not going to match exactly with what trump has proposed so obviously we're going to see what's uh what's going to happen a lot of moving parts daryl thanks for the update certainly appreciate it
0: yeah you bet and uh you know rob it's uh in, in rural america we we're pretty proud of what we have and what we do for our country and and for the world out there and uh if i could throw one last thing in that's sure. you know that's not getting a lot of uh national media attention out there is The extra stress and devastation that's going on down in Kansas, Oklahoma, Texas, and Colorado right now with those wildfires down there that got out of hand and burned between 1.2 and 1.5 million acres. But along with that, a lot of livestock loss, a lot of business loss, a lot of home loss and farm farmstead loss and fences and all that. And uh, you know, people, the egg community and just the good-hearted people across this nation are coming together. And we at NDFB are putting out a fundraising effort through our foundation. And, uh, you know, people can get more okay. information about that by going to our website.
1: That's uh, ndfb.org, if I'm not mistaken?
0: Yep, ndfb.org slash cattle drive. Right. Certainly a place to uh,
1: to look for, ndfb.org slash cattle drive. If you want to help out with those wildfires. Dale, thanks for your time. Appreciate it. I'm Rob Port here on WDAY. This is the Rob Report. We'll be right back. Rob Report here on WDAY 701 293 9000 888 970 9329. Email talk at wday.com. Let me tell you or you can I'm send me tweets as well at Rob Port. It's a bitch if you don't I, um, the that down at Bismarck, you know, we have the um, the this thing with the casino bill. And I, I think actually during the show yesterday, I mentioned and this uh, the casino bill that would be the one introduced by House Majority Leader Al Carlson uh he is the one um, it would have in in its original form which it's still in uh, it, it it allows for state operated casinos a lot of people viewing it rightly I think as a bit of vindictiveness from the House Majority Leader so that bill yeah it got a 13 to two do not pass recommendation from the committee yesterday. Uh, and then it came to the House floor, and, and normally at that point it would get a it would get a vote of the full chamber, right? The committee had their hearing, they got they collected the testimony, uh, they considered amendments. In this instance, they rejected amendments, and then they sent the full bill to the floor with a a overwhelming landslide, thirteen to two vote, do not pass. Uh, when it got to the House floor, it got sent back to committee, and apparently because House Majority Leader Al Carlson doesn't. In his opinion, if the majority leader puts an amendment on his own bill, then the amendment ought to pass. And he wants the committee, you know, to, to pass that bill out with the amendment attached. I guess the committee is going to take it up again on Monday. And, man, it's just time to let this thing go. I I, I mean, at what point, at what point do we just say enough's enough? This, this thing's not going to pass. I think, I think the House Judiciary Committee's recommendation, 13 to 2, do not pass, is a pretty good indication of where this thing's going to go. Just let it go. Just let it go already. It's not going to pass. I got a post about it at sayanythingblog.com. More thoughts on it if you want to check that out. Coming up next, we're going to talk with Josh, Josh Askvig. He is the head of the North Dakota AARP. They've got some questions, they've got some problems with the health care reform that Republicans are proposing. They don't think it's going to be good for seniors. We'll talk with him about that coming up next, plus your phone call, 701-293-9000, 888-970-9329. Don't go away. I want a girl with a short skirt and a long
2: jacket.
1: So, matter Welcome back, Rob Report here on WDAY, 701-293-9000, 888-970-9329, email talk at wday.com, or hey, tweet me, at Rob Port. Joining me now is uh, Josh Askvig. He is the state director for the AARP of North Dakota and an Arizona Wildcats fan who I'm sure was no doubt ecstatic about them giving... The Fighting Hawks are drubbing last you night. Had
3: to, you had to start with that, didn't you, Rob? I knew you would, too. I thought, you know, he's not going to give me let me off easy, that's for sure. But how well, are no, you, Rob?
1: I'm doing good, and, and nobody good. likes you.
3: Uh, <laughs> well, that's not true. I have a little daughter who is excited right. for me to take her out to Beauty well, and the well, Beast. Okay, so I got one enough. friend today. So. Fair enough.
1: Uh, okay. Well, they did. They did give. Boy, they uh, UND made it interesting there for a little while, though. I don't. I, I'm not big into college basketball. I watched a little bit of the game, but they got they got a little towards the the beginning part of the second half. They UND was making it interesting for a little while.
3: You know, let it me was, let me put it this way. I was I was nervous until there was two minutes left in the game. So yeah. uh, it was a fun game to watch. And congrats to UND on Indiana, very successful season. And had it been anybody else, I'd have been right there with uh, a majority of the rest of the state. So all right
1: well let's get let's get serious uh we're going to talk about health care ARP's not liking what Republicans put on the table for reform what what don't you like
3: well we're we're out talking about how we're opposing the special interest health care bill because it really increases costs and risks for older Americans, you know, and it does so while giving tax breaks to big drug and health insurance companies and allowing, I think, the the part that really, you know, people talk about is impact on seniors, but it also has a big impact on those 50 to 64 years old by allowing insurance companies to overcharge older Americans by thousands of dollars a year. And so when you combine all of those aspects and then you look at the recent estimate by the Congressional Budget Office, which, you know, took a look at the bill and said, here's the impact it's going to have, that Um, it's not a good bill for older Americans. It's not a good bill for older North Dakotans, and it really ends up increasing premium and out-of-pocket costs for those 50- to 6 year olds It shortens the the fiscal sustainability of Medicare uh, for those over 65 or 65 and older, and then it uh, potentially shifts... uh, thousands of dollars in extra expense to the state to uh, put the burden on state taxpayers and so between all of those things we we think uh, instead Congress should be reducing skyrocketing health care and prescription drug costs uh, and so we're we're fighting uh, the bill to say this isn't this isn't the the answer to uh, make health care more affordable for North Dakotans especially older North Dakotans.
1: We, we maybe should have started with this but I mean do you think the status quo is okay with healthcare care I mean are, are, you, are you okay with the way things are right now
3: well I think the the reality is everyone uh, can agree that there there needed to be uh, additional uh, adjustments and changes there wasn't nothing was perfect uh, and I, I I don't think you can let the perfect be the enemy of the good necessarily, but shifting to what we have in front of us um, certainly doesn't make it better. It makes it far worse for older North Dakotans. So if you you think there's provisions in the bill, there's two two specific provisions in the bill that really unfairly target those between the age of 50 and 64. The first is the replacement for the tax credits that individuals under the Affordable Care Act get versus what they'd get under the American Healthcare Act, when you look at a 60 year old making $30,000 a year, so you're not talking rich by any means. And if you, you can go, there's a map on the Kaiser Family Foundation, so a, a nonprofit, nonpartisan organization did well, an analysis. I don't know about
1: nonpartisan, but go ahead.
3: <laughs> and you, you look at the, uh, just take Burley County, for example, where I'm calling in from today. Uh, under the ACA, somebody 60 years old with an income of $30,000 would get a tax credit of about $7,400, a little more. Under the ACA, it would be 4000 So they're, they're a 46% cut. And that's just the premium support piece of it. That doesn't include the fact that the American Health Care Act would allow insurance companies to charge, overcharge older individuals up to five times what they charge younger individuals. So it really is a double whammy that impacts older older Americans.
1: uh, Let me talk about that, though, because older individuals are more expensive to insure, right? I mean, they use more health care. I mean, obviously, as you age... There are – it's just a biological reality. There's more issues as you age. Why shouldn't they pay more?
3: Well, they already do pay more. Under the uh, Affordable Care Act, they pay three times what younger uh, Americans pay today. And we don't think that um, forcing them to pay $8,400 more a year to keep the same coverage is the answer, especially when you're talking about individuals with median annual incomes of about $25,000. And so then, there's significant out-of-pocket healthcare costs get added on top of that, and they price older Americans out of affordable coverage. So rather than raising costs for older Americans, Congress should eliminate the tax breaks for drug insurance and medical device companies that are currently included in the bill.
1: Do you think? Because here's here's the problem: it, it feels like we're constantly squabbling over coverage, right? You know, what does this cover? What? what who's going to get what credits? And on and on and on. And we don't spend a lot of time talking about the cost of care, right? Because that's ultimately that's what the coverage is paying for is I broke my leg. Now I got to go to the doctor, get my leg fixed, or I have some, you know, I have asthma or something and I got to get treated by the doctor. And, And it's that care that the insurance is paying for. And the cost of care keeps going through the roof. Why are we never talking about the cost of care?
3: Well, I think uh, we we certainly agree on that part, Rob. That they, that Congress should be looking at how do you reduce skyrocketing healthcare and prescription drug costs. You know, when you consider uh, that uh, there's protection or eliminating protections and giving tax breaks to insurance companies who, uh, you know, certainly have seen their premiums increase significantly. Uh, it just doesn't seem fair to shift the costs back onto uh, the consumer. And and we certainly agree that that taking a look at how do we address those skyrocketing health care costs, which have far outpaced uh, inflation, it far outpaced even the medical inflationary figures they use on the Medicaid provisions uh, in the bill, uh, just doesn't make a lot of sense uh, to us either.
1: What, what does, and by, by the way, 701 9329 If you want to join the program, email talk at WDAY.com, or you could send, certainly send me a tweet as well, at Rob Port. What does good health care reform look like to the AARP?
3: Well, I think good health care reform to the AARP is ensuring that folks, no matter their age and no matter their income, have the opportunity to uh, afford uh, access to health care. So I think making sure that we don't throw people uh, off of coverage or overtax them simply because of their age uh, and in keep them uh, from being able to access quality health care. You know, one of the things that is is been said, it's been stated, and I think it's becoming well-known, is the more you can encourage preventative care and encouraging people to get in and get prevention done rather than uh, acute care or that care that usually costs more uh, makes sense for everybody. And so finding ways to ensure that people can access care in an affordable manner for those that need access to oftentimes life-saving prescription drugs, that they can afford those drugs, and that uh, it certainly doesn't look like uh, a bill that overcharges older Americans, especially those 50- to 64-year-olds, and ends up uh, being what we would equate to a a tax uh, on them to do that. And so uh, I think it's a combination of ensuring quality access, ensuring affordable access, and then making sure that if, if there's coverage involved that people can uh, have the quality coverage they need to access. it.
2: we got a caller on the line. Jim, go ahead. Hi. Yeah, hi. So you should not talk about you know, trying to control the cost of health care, but you know, they've had ample opportunity over the years to do things about it, but your politicians won't because you're afraid, I don't know, if you're voting base. I mean, I work in an emergency department. I see people who are on Medicaid or just have no insurance or whatever come in and use our department like it's a walk-in clinic any little thing, from a sore throat to a cough, I see EMS having to, with no choice whatsoever, have to get people rides to the hospital, because they don't want to have to pay for a taxi cab, because they want to take an ambulance in, in a, for a sore throat, and this happens everywhere, they say it's like $38 billion, is it yearly, I believe, of unnecessary ER visits, but nobody wants to put the foot down and say, okay, you know what, if you're on Medicaid, yeah, uh, you, you're going to have to pay a copay. You know, I guarantee you, if you threaten some of these people's cigarettes for the $20 copay, they quit using it like a walk-in clinic. But many politicians want to do anything about that problem.
1: Jim, I I, I don't don't know if there's a question. Thanks for the call, Jim. I don't know if there's a question there, but anything there you want to respond to, Josh?
3: Jim, first of all, thanks for the call. And just to be clear that uh, in the capacity today, I'm not an elected official uh, talking on behalf of our our members and individuals 50 and older in North Dakota. And I certainly agree that uh, talking to your elected officials and sharing your your concerns is always a a positive thing to do and and making sure that if they don't listen to you, that you have an opportunity to address that with them uh, every now and then and and making sure you know where they stand when you do um, make those decisions at the voting booth. But what I would say uh, to Jim's point is uh, I agree that ensuring that folks have access to uh, health insurance in the current system that we have that that allows them to get into affordable preventative care is important because he's right. Otherwise, they end up going to emergency rooms, which are more costly. And that ends up costing not only uh, us, but those who have private insurance as well. You know, when we were talking uh, four years ago about uh, bills in the state legislature to expand uh, Medicaid in the state, which currently is providing coverage for 20,000 North Dakota lives under 138% uh, of the federal poverty level, uh, 33% who are between the age of 45 and 64. That was one of the discussions the insurance company said is, listen, you pay for it either in your premium or um, if we want, the state can pay for it here and, and put, provide coverage for these folks so that your premiums may not uh, be nearly as impacted. So he, he does have a valid point about making sure people have access to affordable, quality health care is important so they don't just wait till they show up uh, yeah. at the emergency room where it costs everybody more.
1: Is there any part of what Republicans have put on the table for reform that, that the ARP likes that, that your organization is looking at and saying, oh, that, that's, that's a good idea?
3: so you know as as i said we're not able to support the bill in its current form, but we, do, we are pleased about the fact that the bill didn't repeal some of the critical protections that are in place, such as guaranteed issue or prohibitions on pre-existing conditions or yeah. bans on annual and lifetime coverage. One of the other things we know a lot of our members we've heard from is that provision that allows families to keep children on their policies until age 26, that also is maintained. And so there are some things that are maintained in the bill that, that we think um, are important, but there's just enough that overcharges older Americans, especially those in that 50 to 64 age bracket, um, and and by the way, you know, shortening the life of Medicare uh, would end the Medicaid uh, guaranteed benefit for our most vulnerable. Um, just, that just make it a bad bill in its current form.
1: Yeah, it's it's a mandate that keeps adults on their parents' plan until the age of 26. When you're 18, you're not a child anymore. I that pet peeve of mine. We got another Jim with a caller. We'll sneak him in. Jim, what's up?
2: Hey, uh, quick question. You know, Canada has their own health care up there, you know, and I, I guess I don't understand why Why don't we adopt some of their, their thinking. And, you know, I mean, to me, our health care in the United States is so outrageously cost, but it starts with, you know, when you decide to become a doctor, and, you, you know, you spend that, you know, tens of thousands of dollars to go to college, you know, um, I mean, it's, I, I think it starts there. You know, if prices were dropped and we weren't paying, you know, twenty dollars for a band-aid, you know, I'm exaggerating, but you know, why is it so outrageously expensive? I mean, it kind of starts at the bottom and it works its way up.
1: I think it's I think it's because of this idea of comprehensive insurance. Honestly, I mean, how how, how many people even look? or get an itemized copy of their bill when they go to the doctor. I mean, how many, and I, Josh probably isn't going to agree with this, so this is just my point of view, but I, I think the problem is, is is comprehensive coverage. It's it's the way we approach the whole thing. My auto insurance is competitive and very, very low, and, and seems to almost go down rather than up because there's so much competition in the uh, auto insurance industry. There's There's not that same, most of us, Most of us do not pick our insurance plans, right? We pick our employer, and our insurance plan is provided for us. And the second largest group of insured people are people who are on the government, uh, some sort of government plan. So, uh, you know, we're not the customers for our insurance plan. It's third party. Either our employers or the government are, are the customers for the insurance plan. And you just go to the doctor. You just go to whatever doctor you want and somebody else picks up the tab, and so there's, to me, that's the big problem with, that's driving it, is that we are disconnected from price signals in healthcare, utterly disconnected. We pay for it eventually, but not before it goes through the circuitous route through the insurance company, and then our employer, or through the government, or whatever, and then it comes back to us, and then we get it, we're paying for it with our salary, or we're paying for it with our taxes, or whatever, but we are disconnected from the price signals, and to me, that's at the root of the problem, but... We have all sorts of special interest groups, of which the AARP is one, that don't want to challenge that. Josh, I'll let you have your last two cents. I know you probably disagree with a lot of that, but that's the problem with (laughs) us. Well...
3: Where to start, Rob, on, on that piece? I, I, I just circle back to uh, that we certainly agree that there are things that can be done to help uh, curb costs, and we've been fighting for 60 years, you know, as an organization to ensure affordable access for uh, older individuals. Our founder founded what has become ARP on the basis of finding uh, – a former teacher colleague uh, living in a chicken coop because she couldn't afford her medical expenses. And so, uh, yeah, we are fighting for our members and fighting for those 50-plus because, uh, as we can see in the current proposal, they're the ones being targeted for uh, uh, costs and bearing the cost of it. So uh, we are always happy to have the discussion and talk sure. about how we make health care better. And, uh, you know, your previous caller certainly made some some points and that's just not the system we currently have and and i think uh you know under the current environment we're talking about a bill that would overcharge older americans make uh shorten the life of medicare and uh give tax breaks to drug companies and insurance companies uh rather than addressing skyrocketing health care and prescription drug costs so well josh we i'm not it, sure
1: uh, i thank you for your time appreciate it gotta go we'll wrap it up right after this I'll go away that it'll be fine you can't make every